Well, if you would turn to Mark chapter 7 for our scripture reading. Mark chapter 7. Let's pick up at verse 14. He called to the people to him again and said to them, Hear me, all of you, and understand. There is nothing outside a person that by going into him can defile him. But the things that come out of a person are what defile him. And when he had entered the house and left the people, his disciples asked him about the parable. And he said to them, Then are you also without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into a person from outside cannot defile him, since it enters not his heart, but his stomach, and is expelled? Thus he declared all foods clean. And he said, what comes out of a person is what defiles him. For from within, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these evil things come from within, and they defile a person. Now turn over to 1 John chapter 2. First John chapter 2, the official bird of Ontario is the loon. And I was reading that in Ojibwe, Ursa Minor, which is the Little Dipper, is called Mang, which means the loon. They've named that constellation after the loon because they say that the white spots on the loon remind them of a starry sky. And in their constellation, the Ojibwe, the end of the loon's feathers is where the North Star is, Polaris. And last week we saw how the North Star allows everyone to navigate to find their way home. And that our North Star is our love for the Father. Verse 15. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, and the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. Let's pray. Father, as we come again to this text, we pray you would open it up in the power of your Holy Spirit. 
Help us to be thoughtful and to gain knowledge and understanding about ourselves and, and your work in, in this world. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. He says, do not love the world. Last week we saw that John uses the world, cosmos, in three different ways. One, he uses it for creation. And of course, we love creation. We love all that he has made. He himself called it very good. Secondly, John uses it in a general sense for humanity. And, and we love humanity. We love people and relationships. It's the third way that John uses it that he's referring to here when he says, do not love the world. And that is where he refers to the world that is ruled by the evil one. That's the meaning that he's referring to. That which is against God, that which is wicked, that which is evil and under the rulership of Satan, the prince of the power of the air, he says in verse 17, and the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. He speaks of this world that's in opposition to God, that's in opposition to the love of the Father, that's in opposition to the will of God. And he gives us in verse 16 three examples of what he means when he says is in the world. Don't love the things in the world. Things that we are prone to love instead of loving the Father. And the first is our focus here this morning. He says, for all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh. That's our focus this morning. The word desires here means craving. It means longing. The word itself in Greek is a neutral word. Uh, we have normal cravings. We, we were made this way by God. In the spring, I usually start craving corn on the cob. <laughs> you start counting down the months until late July and August. You know, I save all my dental floss for, for that period of time. You just know you're going to need it. You start craving sweet corn and peaches and cream and cloud nine and sugar pearl. I looked up the names of corn. It's, an, it's a list this long. It's like the, they hire someone to name them, come up with creative names, just like paint, you know, they hire somebody for that too. We crave, we were made this way. Uh, craving food is not sinful. Being thirsty and craving drink is not sinful. Sleep when you're weary. These are good cravings and good desires. And it's part of being a created human being. We crave the sun after a long winter. We crave perhaps um, relationships or family reunions that are coming. It, it, it's when, when the flesh gets a hold of these cravings our sinful essence of who we are, our nature, that's when these cravings are turned towards evil. 
We crave food, but we eat too much, and now it's gluttony. We crave water, and then we drink the wrong things and in excess, and now it's drunkenness. We crave rest, but we rest too much, and we become slothful. Our flesh can take any good thing and make it bent, make it crooked. Our flesh can take anything and make it and, and distort it. Our flesh, that's the word that is used about uh, our fallenness, our sinful essence. Anything that appeals to our fallen nature. We tend to, to make an assumption that when we read the flesh, it's referring to the body, the physical aspect of who we are. And that's not the case at all. The flesh in the New Testament refers to our fallen human nature. It refers to our sinful essence. It's not just physical, but it's who we are in our entirety. We call it the old man, the old creature, the flesh. It's how we were born. Jesus said, truly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. We're not sinful because we sin. We sin because we are sinful. Our very nature is bent and crooked, and it's obvious. Mike's uh, class on, uh, on evangelism demonstrates how easy it is to show that we have a sinful nature using the commandments of God and, and how quickly people can come to that understanding and agreement that they are sinners just with a very short conversation because it's so obvious. And John says, in 1 John, he says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. We, we have sin. Psalm 51 says, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Romans says, therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, so death spread to all men because all sinned. When you hear someone say, I am only human, what they're saying is they've given themselves over to the cravings of their human nature, their sinful nature, and they are excusing themselves. I'm only human. Paul says, I am of the flesh, sold under sin. And Galatians chapter 5 tells us about the works of the flesh. They are evident. Now listen to this list because we tend to think when he says the desire of the flesh, probably your mind went right away to sexual immorality. 
But it's so much more than that. The works of the flesh are evident. He says sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. He says, I warned you. I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. The flesh, our sinful essence, wars against the spirit. If you live according to the flesh, the Bible says, you will die. If you die in your sins, you won't, you won't be present before the glory of God eternally. You won't be heaven bound. A child sees the fresh chocolate chip cookies out on the baking sheets and though they're told they are for later, they may well take one when no one's looking and rearrange the rest to make it look like no one took one. And when asked did they take a cookie, they might smile with chocolate between their teeth and say no, they didn't do it. That's the flesh. That's fallen human nature. One of our grandchildren couldn't stay away from the cupcakes and icing that were out on a plate waiting for dessert. And we noticed that fingerprints started to appear in some of them over the course of the afternoon as he tasted what was forbidden. And of course, when dessert finally came, he didn't want one of the cupcakes with the fingerprints in them. He wanted a fresh one. <laughs> Our sinful nature, human nature, wars against God. It's the spirit who gives life, John writes the words of Christ. The flesh is no help at all. The flesh gives death. The spirit gives life. And we are now Christians. We've repented of our sins. We've admitted to God that we are sinners and need a savior who is his son, Jesus, who died for our sins. And we put our faith in him and we seek to obey him and follow him. We have been converted. But all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. We're born again, the scripture says. We're born of the spirit, and the spirit gives life. We're given a new nature. Peter says, by which he has granted us his precious and very great promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that's in the world because of sinful desire. 
says you've escaped that. You've been given this divine nature. You've partaken. No longer is our flesh to control us, our human nature. No longer slaves to sin. But in each of us who are Christ, this battle rages. It, it's a battle that we take up daily. Galatians says, for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. And the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. There's a battle, he says, these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. And we have this war going on in us. We battle with the old man, with the flesh, but we now have the capacity to live for Christ because of the new nature that he's given to us. And to win our daily battles. And so that's why he says in Colossians chapter 3, he says, put to death, therefore, what is earthy in you. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, <coughs> which is idolatry. He says, put it to death. Kill it off. The fallen nature. Every day, mortify the deeds of the flesh. I mean, put it to death every day. And instead, draw strength from the other nature that he's given us. The new creature. He says, put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. And put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Put on the new self, the new nature that we have in Christ Jesus imparted to us through his spirit, which is life for us. It's been found that you, if you are put out in the woods or you are put in a desert and you are told to walk in a straight line that very quickly you end up turning away from the straight line and you end up going in circles. Scientists have studied this phenomenon. In fact, they have discovered that within a football field length, you will already have looped back. And if you are left to yourself, you'll keep going in this smaller and smaller spiral. And they try to f figure out, what, why, why does this happen? One of the thoughts is that, well, maybe it's because our steps are not exactly the same. We tend to step a little further with our right foot. And so you keep doing that over a short period of time, you end up curving. 
There's other ideas about sensory input. And, but fundamentally, they say, you think it's easy to walk a straight line. They say, it's very, very difficult to walk straight. And the metaphor we're using, the, the love of the Father is our north star, our way to navigate, to bring us safely home. It's the love of the Father that you, you can intend on walking north to him, but you find yourself turning away. The east, you turn to the east. The east wants to distract us. The east wants to draw us away. The east is the desires of the flesh, the human nature. The, the east wants to take us in the wrong direction, away from the love that we have for the Father and our obedience to him and his will. The, East wants to take us to our old ways and our old paths. And to keep walking north, you have to constantly be making course corrections, constant adjustments to walk a straight line and to go towards the love of the Father and to live that way, living out your love for the Father, you've, you, you've got to constantly be making course corrections every day. Because there's so many temptations to turn us in another direction. Our normal appetites and cravings can be used against us. They can become evil for us. Because the world wants to take our normal cravings and turn them into something that's sinful and turn us to our old nature and our flesh. And we need to be aware of this and make our course corrections and, and repent and ask God for forgiveness and get back on track. And I'm going to live my love out for the Father because I love him. Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He says, I've been crucified with Christ. And he says, those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. That is, they're dead. Not to be pursued or followed. I'm not going to be distracted. I'm going to keep on north to the love of the Father. So brothers and sisters, this morning, make those course corrections. If you find yourself heading east away from the, your love for the Father or your love is growing cold, 
Don't be left walking in circles. Walk in the spirit, not the flesh. Crucify the flesh. Put to death the deeds of the flesh. Live as one who has partaken of the divine nature. Live out your love for the Father. Head north. Love the Father. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we hear the word this morning and some here, we need the power of your convicting Holy Spirit because we have headed east and we are lost we are turned around and we need to repent and return to you. Thank you that you receive us. Thank you that you're for us and not against us. Thank you for your grace, which is so precious to us. Thank you that you receive us home and that you welcome our love for you. Refresh us, Father. Help us to even today and this week to live out our love for you in new ways and in, in the new spirit you've given us, a new nature. And help us to be ever mindful that, not, that we not turn east. We not give in to the temptations of the old man. That we not excuse ourselves saying we're only human. Because you have redeemed us and you have saved us through your son. So we offer to you our love. Knowing that you first loved us. We thank you in Jesus' name, amen.